0: It's an exciting day here with all of you, Um, not only because four of our men will be taking first vows, our Marians also will be renewing our vows, but most of all, this is the day of Our Lady. This, the Assumption, Holy Day of Obligation, so we hope you all can make it to your parishes and to celebrate this dogma of our faith. You know the four Marian dogmas to remind you are divine maternity, Mary the mother of God, her perpetual virginity, her immaculate conception and the assumption as we celebrate today. As Catholics we must believe these are dogmatic revelations. Now I and my brothers here are Marian's And as Marians, we connect them. Mary is our mother, the divine maternity. We imitate her virginity through our vow of chastity, perpetual virginity. We are the first men's community in the world ever to bear the title Immaculate Conception. And we always do our vows here on the Feast of the Assumption. We are Marian. And this is the beauty of this day, our mother. And we do it all under the umbrella of the Apostolate of Divine Mercy. Mary and Divine Mercy, you've heard us say, are the two spiritual weapons of our times. And the Marian Fathers are the main ones, unlike any other community in the world that are focused on bringing those two spiritual weapons to the world, Mary and Divine Mercy. We've been given this task. Now these four men will join us in as they take vows in this mission. And this is beautiful. God gives us a mission. And to do that, We need good men, we need good soldiers to use these two weapons, Mary and Divine Mercy. You know, the magazine The Atlantic had an article a while ago on the rosary, and it called it a weapon, but it didn't mean it from the true meaning of weapon. It called us extremists. It said that Catholics are radicals And extremists and that we use the rosary as a weapon well actually if you ask Father Don Calloway (laughs) we do (laughs) and so yes it is a weapon to help us in the spiritual warfare that we face every day and the article seemed to not grasp that the priesthood is about this it's not sexist or chauvinistic it's about the masculine because from this altar, these men, God willing, will be the future priest to give that seed, the man created to give the seed, and the church, the feminine, receives it, nurtures it, and gives life. From the altar, this is what happens, and that is why God gave us these priests. The priest has this mission, and so we need these men We've been forming them as postulants, as novices, to be good men. This is a good class. They've been faithful to their duties. Father Jim has led them into seeing their call. And this is really their graduation from boot camp. (laughs) So all of their training leads to this point, vows. Poverty, chastity, and obedience we call them the evangelical counsels, in the tradition of the church but they are misunderstood today as pointless self-sacrificing and suffering for no reason and you have no freedom and you're blind in your faith and you're just following like sheep yes we are sheep we are sheep of the Lord the, the Good Shepherd but they too will share in the Shepherd of Christ So really, it's the opposite. The vows give us complete freedom. Freedom from slavery to the gods of the world. We take the vows of poverty, that is to overcome the small g god of the world of money. We take the vow of chastity, to overcome the small g god of the world of sex. And we take the vow of obedience, to overcome the small-g God of the world of power. And this is the gift. And all of us may struggle in some way or the other. I remember when I came, I had a meeting with the priests in Washington, and they said, we're worried that you come from the world, you had a business, and you worked, and which of the vows do you think you will struggle with and immediately answer chastity i was engaged to be married and they looked at me they all shook their head and they said no your issue will be obedience (laughs) and i said no i don't think so right there i wasn't being obedient (laughs) and i have come to learn yes giving our will to god surrendering what we want what we feel, what we think, to the knowledge and grace given to our superiors. And we all have superiors. I, as the provincial superior, have Father Joe as my superior. Father Joe has God as his superior. (laughs) So so we understand the need to be obedient. Our Lady gave us that perfect example in the reading, in the Magnificat, My soul magnifies the greatness of the Lord. And so by making these three vows, we make God the center of our lives, not the secular desires that we have. Mary lived these vows perfectly as the perfect disciple. And so the assumption is the fitting end for the life of Mary. And it so shall be for us as a good disciple. So pray we ask you for these men that they will live the vows faithfully and then be assumed into heaven at the end of their life you too you know this is a solemnity this is the highest celebration the highest kind of feast in the church and it comes from sacred tradition now unlike the ascension where christ rose body and soul by his own power the power of the holy spirit The assumption of Mary was not preceded by a resurrection and she was not raised by her own power. However, the dogma of the assumption of Mary means that she was taken body and soul into heavenly glory at the end of her time on earth. Doesn't say if Mary died or not. In the East, they use the term dormition, which means to fall asleep in a peaceful death. But it's fitting that Mary didn't die, but fell asleep, since sin and death are the fruits of Satan. And really, the freedom of Mary from original sin frees her in some ways from the consequences of sin, which is mainly death. Now, some people say she did die to imitate her, her, uh, her, her son, but as Father Don always points out, Christ didn't die, he was murdered. And so we have to take into consideration this message. Just as Mary was kept from original sin with God's grace, and yes, she needed a savior, many people will write to us saying, how dare you say Mary was sinless? She herself said she needed a savior. Of course, she needed a savior to keep her sinless in the first place. And she was also kept from the decay of the grave by that very same grace. So to finish, Mary is the reason we Marians do what we do. She leads us to her son. It's not to Mary instead of Jesus. It is to Jesus through Mary. And she best fulfills Genesis 315, where it says that a seed of a woman will crush Satan. And Jesus was that seed. He rose to heaven to fulfill this prophecy. And it follows that the woman would have a similar end since she shared complete enmity with Satan. You know, people always say, nowhere in the Bible does it say Mary was without sin. Actually, all you have to do is look at Genesis 3.15. It said there would be complete enmity between her and the serpent, her seed and his seed. Now, if Mary, if Mary had any sin of any kind, it would mean Satan had even the slightest sway over her, the slightest control, and it would mean there was not complete enmity. And so we have it in scripture. She was the gift, and this is why we pray the rosary. Mary shared in the birth of Jesus, this is the joyful mysteries, She shared in the crucifixion of Jesus. These are the sorrowful mysteries. And so we also, why not have her share in the glorious mysteries, the resurrection of Jesus? That's why the assumption is a glorious mystery. Do we also have the luminous that was added to show the life of Jesus? And she certainly, certainly shared in that. So all of that leads to the fittingness of this solemnity. You know, St. Robert Bellarmine said, he actually asked a question. Who could believe that the new Ark of Holiness, Mary, the dwelling place of God, her womb, the temple of the Holy Spirit would be allowed to crumble into dust? I shudder at the very thought that the virginal flesh of which God was conceived and born which nourished him and carried him, should have turned into ashes or been given as food for worms. You know, she shows us what to hope for, that there'll be more than this earth. But in the meantime, we are here in this valley of tears and these four men have made the discernment that God's will is for them to be here to spread this message of Jesus, the divine mercy, and Mary immaculately conceived. The rest of us will renew our vows. Some will be taking second vows, third vows. But these guys are taking first vows, and you're about to see them receive their cassocks and don the armor that will be so important in this spiritual battle. Our Lady, Mother of Mercy, pray for us.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you.